0: Good, good to have you guys with us today. It's good to be back with you. We won't go into the conversation why I was not here last week. If you don't know, it doesn't matter. But if you do, we're not going to talk about it any longer, so help me, Lord. All right, so glad you're here. If you're a guest today, can we just welcome all of our guests here this morning? Full house, packed house, we're excited about today. I'm very excited uh, to really deliver what I feel like God has just laid on my heart this morning. And uh, let, me, let me start this conversation out like this. Um, you guys know we're in this series. Richard just mentioned that we're closing out this series called Revive. The whole idea of this series was to kick off this new year and to leverage what everybody does in the new year. We, we try to, you know, improve, get better, make adjustments, you know, mid-course, first-of-the-year corrections, if you want to say it that way. I remember last year, I had uh, a minor surgery, had some wisdom teeth taken out, and uh, my wife told me a story. My wife told me the story that coincides with that picture. That's me coming out of uh, conscious, uh, so, you know, being unconscious, coming to full consciousness. And they said that Christy tells me that the nurse told her this story as they walked me into. Uh, from surgery into the surgery recovery room, Christy was waiting there for me. The nurse told Christy that down the hallway as she held my hands and walked me into the recovery room, she said that I started trying to get her to play patty cake with her. And she said as loud as I could... With anybody who saw me, I was trying to get them on board with playing patty cake. So she said, your husband was like trying to get me to play patty cake. He was yelling at the top of his lungs. Can you please just sit him down and calm him down? So I wanted to talk to you this morning about this idea of the idea of just coming fully alive. Most of us, I feel like right now, in places and spaces of your life, you're not fully conscious you're kind, of, you're kind of subconscious, you're kind of going through life in many ways, in relationships and in jobs and in terms of where you are with God. Maybe you're not fully alive, maybe you're just partially alive. Maybe you're not fully conscious, you're just halfway conscious. And so today, I want us to have that visual of me being sort of unconscious and my hope to today is that we could come fully conscious in our relationship with God because it's in that place when we really are fully connected, fully conscious with God that everything else, everything else, let me say it again, everything else lines up and works right. I want to do something today. I want to, I want to talk about a subject that when I say where we're going today, some of you will write this conversation off because in so many ways, it's very, very simple. It's, it's, it's a one-word conversation today. It revolves around one thing that if we do, it changes everything. It's a game changer. I want to talk to us today about prayer. How many of you guys, if I were to ask you, and let me just get you to raise your hand if you feel this way, that you would say you believe in it, but you don't always Pray like you think you should, would you be honest and raise your hands today with me? A lot of us, a lot of us. I would say, for many of us, the subject of the idea of the the, the the reason for prayer for a lot of us gets tripped up and trumped by other things, and for a lot of us we we kind of miss praying because of a lot of you know for a variety of reasons. some of you guys are. Um, a little nervous about prayer. Maybe it's something you don't really know how to do all so well. For some of us it's just the lack of like, I don't really know a lot about it. I don't even know if I really believe the whole God piece. And, and, And every week in our church we have people kicking tires and checking out God for the first time. That's cool. For a lot of us, you're ADD like I am. So you're like, God, I need a miracle. And Lord, I just, I need you in this this place in my life, and I'm asking for something huge, and then all of a sudden you're thinking about Miracle Whip and what well, you can get on your sandwich, and you know the state of your your marriage, the state, and you're thinking about your State Farm life insurance, and I mean you we can be I mean if you're ADD pr- the prayer life sometimes struggles because of that. Sometimes we're intimidated by people who pray great, right? You hear people pray this like these these unbelievable prayers, and you hear them pray, and they're like. They must be really, really close to God because they pray so awesome. And then some of you guys get competitive. I I, I know people who have just brand new to God, brand new to the church, just became Christians. And I love to hear them pray because all of a sudden they start trying to use all this amazing language, right? They found a cool verse in the Bible. It's got some awesome big words. And they start trying to weave all this stuff in. And you're just kind of thinking, okay, they're, they're being competitive. They want to like try to like jump out there and be competitive with someone else and what they prayed and what they heard and what they said. And I want you to know that that a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons why many of us we don't pray like we should to. And I want us today look at this idea of prayer in a whole different light. I want us to today, and my whole aim and my whole purpose and my whole goal today is to help us to have power. In our lives, That sounds a little bit crazy, a little bit goofy, maybe a little bit churchy out there, that I'm, I would want us to have power in our lives, but it will make sense as we go along today. I want us to have power in our lives, and I believe it comes through the arena of prayer. I believe most of us, whatever you're lacking, whatever your suffer is, whatever your dilemma is, whatever your difficulty in life is, whatever your want is, whatever your hope is, it is connected to this, this piece called prayer because prayer is the mechanism in which we become close to God. So I want to show you this. I want to give you two, two things and show you one passage today where one guy models prayer that does something that just is a life changer for me and I think for us in the idea of prayer. But let me give you two quickies this morning, two things of why I think, uh, two, let me just say it like this, two big prayer mistakes. That I think we make the first one is this: I think our prayers are too small, and I think our prayers are too general. because when you think of why we don't pray or why you have prayed and answered prayers weren't answered or why you kind of prayed you never kind of noticed anything out of it or you know you never were closer to God because of it you never saw anything special out of it. I believe it's because our prayers are too small and our prayers are too general. I really feel like oftentimes God probably is a little on the frustrated side that we don't offer up anything bigger for him to do, right? Oftentimes, I think most of us, our prayer life goes like this. We wake up in the morning and we pray, God, help me to have a good day. God, I pray that you would give us safety as we travel. God, I pray we'd be blessed. And God's like, okay, all right, you know, I got it, done, no big deal. I mean, it's just like, most of us, we pray small, we pray general. We don't pray specific things. We aren't praying. We're, we're praying in such a, a way that God's just kind of almost, I think, falling asleep because there's nothing real there that he could ever say that he would do that anybody would notice. There's nothing that's going to bring him glory or, or allow him to show off Or allow God to be known through what you're praying. And therefore, you're not experiencing really knowing God and seeing what He wants to do in your life or is capable of doing. Because maybe, maybe He wants you to get to a place where you're praying differently. General prayers, I believe, do not move God to specific actions. General prayers do not move God to specific actions. So, what would it look like this year if you started praying specifically? What would it look like this year you, if you really started praying boldly, big prayers? Martin Luther, who was many of you guys know who he is, the the father of the early church reformation. He changed really a, a, a tremendous amount of how the early church was going and what was happening and. He had a friend who was, his, who was his assistant. His name was Frederick myconis who became deathly ill in the early 1500s. Actually, 15, in 1540, he wrote a farewell message to Martin Luther, basically saying, I'm expected to die very soon. And this is what Martin Luther prayed that I think is so powerful for us to look at here just for a moment. He said this as he received this letter, knowing that this guy he needed tremendously in his world as his assistant, offered up this letter of, like, farewell, I'm going to die soon, bye-bye. This is what Martin Luther said. He said, I command you, love this, just notice how this guy's praying. I command you in the name of God to live, because I still have need of you in the work of reforming the church. The Lord will never let me hear that you were dead but will permit, will, will permit you to survive me. For this I am praying, because I seek only to glorify the name of God. <clears throat> here's what's crazy. Myconius had already lost his, his ability to speak by the time he read this, and he recovered and lived six more years after that point. And here's what's so cool. Finally, when he died, he died two months after Luther did. See, I want us to pray like this. I want us to be connected like this. I want us to to believe God so much that we can boldly pray, I mean like real specific and real bold prayers because God wants to shower us and show off through our lives for His purposes. So I'm looking at this year, I'm looking at our church and I'm thinking, you know, what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? What should we do? What would be life changing for our church if we just said, okay, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take one simple spiritual step this year. Some of us look for like these monstrous steps. I've got to jump through this hoop for God. I've got to do this crazy thing to know God. Here, here's, here's the most simple step, whether you're a non-believer or a believer. If you will take one simple step and start just uttering words to God, thinking about God, asking God to show up, to know Him, what, I'm telling you, this will be life-changing for each of us this year. So let me, let me show you. Here, let, me, let me give you the meat of this. Let me show you. Here's all the why behind the what. Here's the what and the why all packaged together. I want to show you what one guy prays. The Apostle Paul, the guy who is imprisoned in a jail, writes out his prayer. He prays this, writes this, pens this for us, as he prays for us and he wants us to model, his prayer offers this up. And I believe this is a word for us today. And I, I just want to say that as is, is I'm, I'm ready to read you God's word, I want you to buckle up just for a moment. I want you to listen to what is being said here. Because I think this is going to be life-altering for many of you today. All right, here we go. Ephesians chapter 3. If you've got your Bible, find this one. Underline it. This is good stuff. If you don't have a hard copy, get your smartphone out, you know, find it in your Bible app. I love my Bible app. I get it every, every day. I love looking at it in the very first place of the morning going, okay, God, what's the verse of the day? What do you want to say to me today? What's, God, what's the first thing I want to see in your word today? I love my Bible app. So if you've got your smartphone, grab that. If not, got it up on the screens for you. All right, so here we go. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14 says this. This is Paul praying. For this reason, I kneel. He's, and the reason he's kneeling is because, for this reason, I'm praying. Paul takes this moment and he prays. Now, I want you to quickly know that you don't have to kneel to pray. You don't have to do that. But Paul, for this specific reason, for whatever that reason is, he's in jail. This is a heavy-duty prayer, God. He kneels. He kneels before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. So all of a sudden, he he pays this homage and honor to God, knowing that everything that we know in life has come from God. I mean, my very being here on stage, every breath that I have in this moment, it's from God. And then I want you to notice that not only in this passage that we're going to read today, but in several other places where Paul prays, he comes out and says, I pray that. So he's, he's modeling, he's praying something specific. He's about to pray something specific to God. I pray that. And then he, then he spells it out. So he comes to God. God, I'm kneeling before you because of who you are. And I'm praying now for specific something. I pray that, in verse 16, I pray that <clears throat> out of his glorious riches. God, I pray that out of your just unbelievable, glorious is the word. Glorious riches. He may strengthen you. Praying for people outside of his jail cell. Praying for us, essentially. I pray that for, or out of God's glorious riches, out of what God's able to do, that He may strengthen you with what? What's the word? This is what I want to go. To this. This is where I want us to see this morning. What is God? What is Paul praying that we would have? Power. 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 I pray that power. I pray that you would have power. I pray that out of God's resources, out of God's infinite ability, that you would have power. Now, that's a little bit perplexing, right? I grew up in an old stuffy Baptist church, so we we, we didn't pray for power, right? We got a little spooked by the whole power thing, right? Right? A little weirded out by that? Anybody like that? Anybody grew up in that type of church? You got weirded out by the people who said, like, I got the power, Right? So Paul prays that we would have power. And that word there is literally a word that's in the Greek called dudame. I pray that you'd have this power. Dudeme means the infinite power of God. God. Paul is praying out of God's complete, unbelievable abilities that we would have his infinite power. How? How? Through his spirit in our inner being. So, Paul's praying that the Holy Spirit would invade our lives, that would be with us, that we would have power so that power, so that we'd have this ability, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. So, Paul prays that we'd have power. Just let that sink in. Paul's praying that through Christ we'd have power. All right? Now, we're going to jump into a, another part of that passage in just a second. Let me tell you a power story real quick. Christy, my awesome wife, has two very special lamps in her house. They are on little um, bed stands, night stands, next to our, either side of our, our sides of the bed. And they're both matching. And there, I don't, I don't really remember why or who gave or if it, you know, I, I know it's some family member and it's been passed down. These are really two very, very special lamps to Christy, right? She loves them. They're very special. We've had them, you know, since since we were married. We've been married 22 years now. And so we've got these by our beds. Both of them had always been in complete good working condition, except for one time one of them stopped working. And so we, you know, we checked the power plug. We What what it is we have behind our our bed, you know, frame thingamajig that our heads go to. What is that called? Headboard. Thank you. You guys are so awesome. (laughs) Behind our headboard is one power plug. So on either side of our beds, we have, you know, we run the power cord to that one power, you know, outlet. So because of that, because, we, you know, we have other things plugged in, alarm clocks. She's got one on her side. I've got one on my side. Sometimes we're charging cell phones. Sometimes we got who knows what plugged in, right, a computer. So we've got a power strip that's under our bed. So everything goes plugged into that power strip. The power strip's plugged into the power outlet. So, you know, we check all that. We look down there. Power's running, Powers going to everything, right? But for whatever reason, we can't get this one lamp to work, so we, you know, we, we change the light bulb out, and, you know, you go to the whole jingle, 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 oh, it must be the light. Put a new light light bulb in, nothing, right? So this goes on for, like, I mean, months, months. You know how when there's something that's not, like, like earth-shattering, you don't quite get to it, but yet it's that constant nag. You're at something you need to get fixed in your house, but it's not quite big enough, and then you're, like, you got bigger things, so you kind of let that thing... But this, this had become, like, an issue for us. So, I mean, there's been times that we'd wake up and, like, need the light and, ah, oh, it's not working again. And there's, there was times that we, like, shook the thing, right? Like, come on, right? Come on. I, I can't say that we prayed over it or did anything like that. But, but lo and behold, we had a friend over one night, and I don't know how this conversation came up. And he asked, he goes, look, well, like, did you plug that one into the power strip? I'm like, yeah, they're all plugged into the power strip. So I got thinking about it, and I was like, I don't know if I ever officially checked if that one was plugged into the power strip. But it always had been plugged into the power strip, so how would it be unplugged? So this has gone on for months and months and months. So finally, I pulled the whole bed back. You know how that is. You can't ever get to it. You can't really see it. I pulled the whole bed back, and that one particular item was not plugged into the power strip. It was plugged into the regular power outlet. And for whatever reason, the top of it was not working. The bottom was. I, I don't, Not an electrician. Some of you guys might doubt that. But for whatever reason, when we plugged that thing into the power strip, it worked. And so we were like, that is so stupid, it's simple. But here's the deal. Some of us today, you are not plugged into, through prayer, your power outlet. And you are going through life, hoping for more, asking for more, wondering if this whole God thing is all that you have experienced. And God's saying, no, it's not. There's a whole lot of more where that comes from. And Paul prays to this effect. He says, listen, I pray that through God's infinite power and resources, that you would have power through the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Why? Because he wants to dwell in your life. So, got that idea. All right now. Here's what I, here's, here's what I want you to see in this morning. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Here, here goes Paul again, second part of his prayer. I, and I pray that you, being rooted and established. In love, and God's love, because that's what happens whenever you're connected to God's love. What happens to you, you become rooted. You become established in love. I pray that you'd be, you being rooted and established in God's love, you may have what? There's the word again. You may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. Power, I pray that you would have power to grasp. Here we go. Here we go. Here's where it gets good. I pray that you have power to grasp. What do you want us to grasp? How wide, how long, how high and deep is the love of Christ. Now, here's where it gets really, really cool and interesting. I pray, Paul says, I pray that you have power to grasp God's love. So, are you saying, Paul, that if we don't have power of God, We can't know God's love? Paul's praying, I pray that you have power to grasp God's love. Could it be if you're not praying, you can't fully grasp God's love? That's exactly what he's saying here. He's saying you can't know God's love naturally. Knowing God's love comes supernaturally. So could it be what percent of people out there who might be Christ believers, Christ followers, maybe don't fully understand God, the magnitude of God's love? And maybe that's why your marriage is on the rocks. Maybe, maybe that's why the, the whole parenting thing is just like, I'm just, I'm just barely struggling in, in, in making this thing work as a dad or as a mom. Maybe it's the work thing. Maybe it's some relational piece. Whatever it is, whatever hurt, difficulty, struggle, whatever hope, could it be that the disconnect is maybe our pride or our fear or just us not knowing that God wants us to have power from him to know his love? Paul says, and I pray that you being rooted and established in God's love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp. To, he wants us to grasp how wide, how long, how high, the deep. how deep is the love of Christ. So, why do you need to have the power of God, the power to understand God's love? Here it is in verse 19. To know His love, or, and to know this love, that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Why do we need to know God's love? Why do do we need to know, why do we need to have power to know God's love? Because He wants us to have the fullness of Himself. I just want us to walk away this morning understanding that God wants us to experience the fullness of Himself. See, God just God just doesn't give love. God is love. God is love. He just doesn't like pass it out. He is it. And He wants us to completely understand His love for us, but it can't happen. You can't experience the fullness of God. You can't experience the fullness of His love apart from praying. Paul says, I pray. I pray that. I pray that you would have power to grasp his love. Understanding God's love is not a natural thing. Understanding God's love is not a natural thing. It's, it's crazy mysterious. In fact, for me to even stand here and try to explain it to you, good. I can't. I can't. It's too big. It's, it's too big. <laughs> It's too wide, it's too deep, it 's too, it's too high. it's too audacious, it's too great, it's too awesome, it's too powerful for me to try to package it up and give you and help you understand Gods. It can only happen supernaturally when we bow the knee, bow the heart, and we come to God however you can. God, I need you. God help me. God I 'm hurting. Or, or, God, I just want to know you. God, I want to be with you. God, I need direction. God, I need clarity. God, my marriage, my friends, myself. What? God just understood that separation from him is just tragic to the life of every person on this planet. And Paul paves the way through modeling this idea that if you want to know the fullness of what it is to be connected to the creator, creator of the world, it comes by way of opening our mouths. And that, 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 that's hard sometimes, right? I'm busy. I'm on the go. And, and a lot of times I, I would honestly say it's, it's because of my own pride that I don't pray like I should because I just, I think I can do it. I don't think I need it. Oh, I just forget about it. Well, I forgot about it because I've been doing it all by myself. I've been, I've been solving my own mysteries, been solving my own problems. But when you look at the reality of life, here, here's the reality of life. Here, here, here it is, and this is sobering. Scripture says, in this life you will have troubles. That's what it says. So if you want to summarize Every bit of life that we look around and see, God says, in this life, he predicted it. you'd have troubles. But he also said, but I'm God. You're going to have troubles, but oh, by the way, I'm here. And so God allows us, affords us, mankind, difficulties and struggles and challenges, so that we would move away from our prideful places, move away from thinking, I got this all on my own, to a place of recognizing our need for God that we would, however you enter into, if you want to bow the knee, if you want to get on the knees and pray, if you want to pray while you drive, just keep your eyes open. If you want to pray wherever you are, whenever you are, God wants us to get to a place of bowing the knee, bowing the heart, and recognizing our need for God. That's what this is all about. In this life, you have struggles, so you'll recognize your need for God. God wants us to get to the place where we recognize our need for him and we call out to him. All this is, is he's a big daddy in the sky. He's God. He's father. He's Abba father. And he wants us to be, he wants us to understand we're just children. And he wants us to come to him like children with childlike, big, bold, audacious faith. Paul goes on and he says this. He says in verse 20, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than we can ask. This is talking about God and his desire to show off and have us pray not, you know, general or small prayers, but big prayers. Why? Because he's able to do more than we can ask. So what are you asking for? Don't, don't come to God with weak asks. Don't come to God with like little pathetic like, I mean, here it is. God wants us to pray big. He wants us to pray bold. He wants us to pray things that are specific. Now, to him who is able, he's talking about God to do immeasurably more than we all ask or imagine. According to his power that is at work where? Within us. His power at work within us. To him be the glory in the church. Here's what's really cool. Who does God want to bless? The church. What's the church? Us. Not just this building or not this building, not this place, but us together dispersed. He wants to show off through his people. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever, for never and ever. Amen. All right, so here's the deal. Some of us today, probably many of us, were praying weak sauce prayers. The kind of prayers that are so general, you wouldn't know if there was an answer or not. So unspecific that no one would know that there was a specific answer to be had. Some of us are praying just like these Prayers, you know, spousal prayers. Just, you know, I pray that my husband, that jerk, that doofus that shows up, you know, God, just ugh, whatever, just do something with him, right? Parents, you know, God, just bless my kids. God watch over them, protect them. I say all oh, that's nothing wrong with that. But what but what if we prayed like Paul prayed? What if we what if we said, "God, now to you who are just unbelievable. I pray that you would blow my husband's mind. And show off your power in his life. That he would become bold." That he would become a man of God. That he would become serious about this marriage. That he would become fired up about this and that. Whatever it is, God wants us to pray big and bold. He wants us to get specific. And he wants us to know his love. And that's the way we do it. Did you ever know that the way to experience God's fullness is The majesty of God's strength and His power is by coming to Him through prayer. Some of you feel unloved? Let's go to God. Some of you feel like you don't have love to pass on? Maybe because you're not experiencing God's love and having it in such a way that you can pass it on. What if this year we said, oh my gosh, to this love conversation? And we said, okay, okay. I hear you, God. I, I, see, I see God's powerful words, and I'm going to commit to praying this year. Not weak sauce prayers, not small prayers, not general prayers, but bold, big, specific prayers. What would that look like in your life? What would it do in your life? What would it do in your heart? What would it do for all the areas in your life where you think, I don't think they could change. I don't think anything could be different. What if you came to God and you came believing He was this big, believing He was this huge and awesome and majestic, and that He loved you that much that He wanted you to know His love and He wanted to show His power through your life? What if you prayed like that? What would it look like? Today, here's my hope. I hope that you'll commit. We started last week, if you weren't here, praying for 21 days. Some of you have already started fasting and praying. Some of you have already texted me. We haven't made, you know, this probably hasn't been completely clear to all of you. But if you're behind on 21 days of prayer, guess what? Start today. Start praying Pray through the end of this month and give this thing a shot. Wherever you are in your faith, wherever you are in your relationship with God, let's start going to God and praying big, specific, audacious prayers. Let's pray. God, today's conversation is probably one of the most simple things we could ever think when it comes to connecting with you and building a relationship. God, we just said we should pray. But, God, it's huge it's huge in how this thing plays out. And God, I pray that you would, you would usher into every person in this room some specificity to this. For every man, every woman, every child, every student here this morning, God, would you help us to be receptive to what you would say to us in terms of what we've talked about this morning. God, open our hearts, open our eyes, open our minds. Help us to take a, a spiritual small step today towards you. God, guide us to that. Lead us to what it is that we need to believe you for. God, I'm going to trust in you and believe you for X or Y or Z. God, lead us to today. believing in your strength. In your power. And so, Lord, in your in your grace, in your love, would you empower us today to know your love? Because God, if we just think about if we knew your love, think about the security we would have. I mean, I would never have to go to my wife and find my needs and and try to force her to meet my needs. They'd be met in you. Think about our, our kids. I think about my, my daughters and my son. God, I, we ought to be praying that we would, we would know your grace and your love because, God, if we knew that, think of the security they would have. Teenage girls growing up with security and Jesus, oh, my goodness. They would not have to look for it anywhere else. They would know who they are. They would know who you are. They would know who they are in you. God, I pray for that for our children. I pray that for us as adults. God, would you allow us to know your love? Empower us for that, that we could have the fullness of you. God, I pray you'd light this church on fire. Let us do great things for you. Let us know you through our steps to pursue and to follow and obey your word. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. I'm going to invite our host teams to come forward. We're going to close with an offering. I encourage you to get big today. Trust God big. Just do it. Trust God big. If you're a guest today, be our guest.